Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, today we're going to be talking about something I love, and that's food. I mean, who doesn't love food? I mean, you know, right now we're in the spring, summer, uh, and we have so many wonderful things to choose from, all many vegetables, fruits. So today we have Dr. Nancy Burkoff, and she has spent a lifetime studying food, understanding food. She's the daughter of a food scientist, and, uh, you know, people refer to her as Dr. B., Um, She's a registered dietitian and a certified food technologist, which I want to know a little bit more about. So um, I'm so excited to welcome Dr. B to the show. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about, um, we're going to talk, we're really going to focus on the vegan diet today because we get a lot of emails and requests and I know a lot of people are choosing that type of diet. So can you tell us a little bit between the difference between a vegan and a vegetarian diet? Sure. Um, Vegetarian is an all-encompassing word. And, you know, um, in case you start getting emails or or phone calls, uh, food definitions are a little bit looser. So I'm sure there will be some people say, no, that's not exactly how I understand it. But vegetarian usually refers to somebody who elects not to eat some form of animal food. Um, in the old days, there was a term lacto-ovo-vegetarian, lacto meaning milk, ovo meaning eggs. So if someone said, I was a la- I'm a lacto-ovo-vegetarian, that meant they didn't eat any animals. They didn't eat chicken or beef or seafood, um, but they did eat the product of animals, um, eggs and, um, and milk. Uh, nowadays, people, a lot of people don't like the term lacto-ovo-vegetarian because it sounds very clinical. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> well, I mean, so they say they're a vegetarian. The thing is that there's many different types of vegetarians. It's sort of like saying, gee, I'd like a Coke, but you'll take any brand of cola that there is. Okay. What we understand generally is a vegetarian is someone who is at lacto-ovo. They'll eat some dairy, they'll eat some eggs, but they won't eat any animal product. And a vegan is someone who doesn't eat any animal product at all. So no meat, no seafood, but also no eggs, no chicken. And then there's all the little subdivisions. There's something called a peskin, um, someone who will eat dairy and eggs and fish. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there are no culinary police. So you can say, well, I'm a vegetarian, but I have some chicken once a week. So there's <laughs> even a great term, flexitarian, where some people a say, flexitarian. I'm, yeah, I'm a vegetarian a couple of days a week, but then I'm an omnivore. I eat just about anything the other days. <laughs> now, that, that seems like that should be ruled out. I mean, you know, just because I could be that. <laughs> There's a few days that I don't, you know, I just eat uh, vegetables and maybe some seafood. But, um, yeah, so, uh, well, thank you because I, I now think I understand it a little bit better. And, of course, within vegans, there are even strict categories. There are people who are called fruititarians, um, and that came from the Hindu religion. And um, they're vegans, no animal products, but they also would kill a plant to eat it. In other words, they're not going to pull a carrot out of the ground and eat it. They'll only eat plants that can be replenished, like an apple from a tree. Okay. Well, I mean, but the carrots will rot if they don't, if they're not pulled out of the ground, right? Yes, but we're not concerned about that. We're concerned about not doing it ourselves. That's sort of like an animal will die. 
but um, we're not supposed to hasten it. So what I found as a dietitian or even as a caterer is when somebody says, I'm a vegetarian, I say, okay, tell me what you will eat <laughs> because, you, you know, it's, it's, there's a wide world of vegetarian out there. So uh, what are some of the protein, potassium, phosphorus concerns for, you know, people doing these different diets, especially a vegetarian diet? Exactly, because the goals for, I, I have this up here from the American Dietetic Association or what's now called the Academy of Dietetics and Nutrition, um, goals for renal vegan menus are exactly the same thing as for anybody else, to get the appropriate amounts of protein while minimizing waste products, uh, maintaining sodium and potassium and phosphorus balance, avoiding excessive fluid, and ensuring adequate nutrition. That's the same no matter what you're calling yourself. Um, vegan protein is uh, high quality is tofu, which is soy. Mm -hmm. um, nut butters like peanut butter, but of course there's issues with that. Uh, tempa, that's T-E-M-P-E-A-P-E-H, and um, that's ba basically a fermented tofu, which just has a little bit more texture and a little more taste, and beans. Okay. So you've got soy and nuts, and, um, and beans are probably the highest quality vegan protein for someone who's trying to uh, have a vegan diet. When I hear beans and nuts, I think of, oh my goodness, that just can't. You know, you can't have a lot of that when you're on dialysis. You can't, but, you know, it's always, protein's always a limiting issue. And so whether you're talking about um, animal protein or eggs, which, of course, is very high quality, um, or soy, you're still going to have to work with your dietitian, your nutritionist, and find out what the level of protein is for you to take on a daily basis. Um, what I will tell you is that it's pretty important to be very, very alert about soy meats. Like people will say, well, instead of having a hamburger or a turkey burger, I'll have a soy burger. A lot of these uh, synthesized soy products are very, very high in sodium and phosphorus and potassium. So those are, are, are definitely don'ts. Right. No, because, you know, they put all kinds of ingredients in it. Because when I've cooked um, like tofu or something, it it looks like it was produced out of a sausage maker. So you could add anything. <laughs> it all depends. Tofu is, if you want to think about it this way, is nothing more than soy cheese. Tofu is nothing more than soy milk that's been coagulated just like you would make cottage cheese or cheddar cheese or whatever. So we're okay with, with just good old-fashioned tofu, and you can buy that in different textures. You can get silken tofu, and that can be um, beaten into something just like milk or cream. You can get extra firm tofu, and that can be grilled just like meat. And that is pretty equivalent to having chicken or beef. Yeah, but you're right. When you start getting into, um, I think they have something called soy ground round, where it looks like it's ground beef, but it's made out of soy products, then it is. It's full of uh, uh, sodium and other things that we just really want to avoid. And soy, uh, you know, and this is for my general education, they just ground soybeans up? Well, soy looks like um, green peanuts, if you will. In fact, if I steamed off some fresh soybeans, you might think they were baby, baby lima beans. Okay. Soy in its natural state just looks like any kind of bean. If you dry it, it actually looks like and tastes like um, uh, roasted peanuts. Tofu, which is solid soy, if you will, is soy milk, which they take it by grinding it up and extracting it. Tofu is nothing more than soy milk with a little bit of a coagulant like calcium in there. So I, I've just went to the store and I bought all this different tofu and soy and um, some of the other things you men mentioned. How, what are some different ways that you can cook it? 
Well, again, I'm going to go with just basic tofu because tofu, I can look at the label and it's usually going to have soy, water, and whatever they use to make it solidly, a coagulant like a calcium. So even though it's cooking from scratch, I would rather just use good old-fashioned tofu because there's something called TVP, mm-hmm. texturized vegetable protein, which is soy meat. And then you know what hamburger helper looks like? It looks like those sort of wires almost. I was trying to forget it. I had it a lot as a child. (laughs) That's usually most people's exposure to soy because Hamburger Helper is an extruded soy product. Okay. It also has lots of sodium and potassium and other stuff we don't want in there. So if I went to the store and I bought extra firm tofu, not flavored, not a burger, just a, a block of it, it's pretty bland. And that's why people get turned off because they say, oh, yeah, I tried tofu once and it doesn't taste like anything. Well, that's the good news. It's sort of like chicken. You can take extra firm tofu and you can do what you would do with chicken. You could do with extra firm tofu. You can marinate it. You can grill it. You can barbecue it. It will will look the same, but it it will hold up exactly the same. Um, But a lot of people are turned off by tofu because they say, well, it doesn't taste like anything. And that's true. Um, that's sort of like plain milk or plain white bread or plain chicken. You don't just put that on the plate and eat it. You do something with it. Um, so if you buy extra firm tofu, you can put it on the grill. You put it on the barbecue. And just put some barbecue sauce on it or um, season it with, like, Mrs. Dash or something like that. Or Exactly, exactly. Take, take any of your chicken or pork or veal recipes and instead use um, the extra firm tofu and you can, you'll get a really good result. And a lot of times people won't even know that they're eating tofu depending on what kind of sauce you put on it or if you stir-fry it or, or that sort of thing. You can marinate um, tofu depending on your sodium level on diluted um, low-sodium soy sauce and throw that in the wok or put it in a, a sauté pan with veggies and everything else and mushrooms, and people won't know that they're not eating meat. Um, if you like uh, a smoothie, you can use silken tofu, which is just a very, very, very soft method. You can actually make cheesecake and uh, cream pies out of silken tofu. Okay. Yeah, because it is. I mean, I have tasted it where I would agree with you. It's like, this tastes like kind of like I'm just chewing um, wet cardboard. <laughs> Again, what I would say to people is, you're absolutely right. Nobody gives you just a plain glass of milk and says, here, enjoy this. This is so tasty and interesting. Or nobody gives you a piece of white bread and says, here's your lunch. So don't do that with tofu either. The good news about tofu is that it'll take on the flavor of anything that you would give it. Now, when you're buying vegetarian um, products, what do we need to look for on the food label? Because sometimes things are hidden in it. You need to do the same label reading you would for any other prepared product, like if you were buying... um, Oh, a frozen pizza, you know, or a frozen lean cuisine. You look at the salt, you look at the potassium, you look at the amount of protein in each container, that sort of thing. And so, for example, a a glass of soy milk has about 10 grams of protein. That's 8 ounces. Okay. A soy burger, if you can find one that doesn't have a lot of additives, could have about 10 grams of protein. And 4 ounces of firm tofu has about 10 uh, 10 grams of, of protein. So the protein is going to be about the same, which you have to look at if you're buying um, ready-to-eat soy products. Um, they have, oh, they have soy cheeses, they have soy fake meats, they have soy TV dinners. You would look exactly the same way you would look for any other meal. You'd look to see, okay, 
how much sodium is in here, how much protein is in here, and then, of course, how much fat, that sort of thing. And I know one of the things that's popular is different types of yogurts and cream cheese. So um, I guess the cream cheese would depend if you're one of those types of vegetarians, you said, because that's from an animal product. But the soy is not from an animal product. Well, there are dairy cream cheeses made from dairy cow milk, and then you would be looking at that for protein and sodium and potassium. And there are soy cream cheeses, and um, soy cream cheese, soy yogurt I've seen, soy sour cream, and that's made from soy milk. So again, you would look at the same thing per serving, how much protein, how much sodium, how much potassium. Well, you know, uh, the people listening to the show are either, uh, you know, on dialysis or they're after they've, you know, received a transplant. And, you know, can you give some basic guidelines? Because everybody's got to check with their nutritionist on, you know, vegetarian considerations, you know, when they have a transplant or if they're on dialysis. Well, we want to look for high quality protein. Doesn't make any difference if we're vegetarian or vegan or omnivore or whatever. So you do want to look for high quality protein so you don't, uh, so you don't need a lot of it. You're getting a lot from the protein you consume. High quality vegan protein is considered to be tofu, once again, you know, nut butters, tempa, and beans. Um, if you're lacto-ovo-vegetarian, obviously egg protein and then um, lower-fat dairy proteins. Um, I'm going through some of my information here. I just wanted to give you a little information about potassium. Um, so we know that a, a common suggestion for uh, fruits and vegetables are usually about half a cup of fresh, frozen, or canned. And um, the potassium should not impact whether you're eating omnivore or vegetarian. You want to be careful about eating things like uh, dark green vegetables and beets and uh, some of the dried fruit because that's very, very high in potassium. I'm trying to think, see if there's any foods that are vegan that are specifically higher in potassium. Um, no, because tomato products are a little higher in, in potassium, raisins, potatoes. So if you're following a vegetarian or a vegan um, either pre-dialysis or post-transplant, you would still be looking to see the higher potassium foods, and it doesn't really impact vegetarian quite so much. You just, I mean, I guess the big issue is is that you might tend to eat more fruits or vegetables if you're vegan. So that's when, um, when then, you, then you have to really take that into consideration. Exactly, exactly. Where you might be able to have two eggs, you might only have um, a tablespoon of peanut butter, that sort of thing. Um, one thing we do have to think about, though, is phosphorus. And soy is relatively high in phosphorus. Um, so what a general recommendation for someone who's, who's following a kidney diet is one cup, no more than one cup of soy milk for a serving. Uh, soy cream cheese is two ounces, which actually is a lot. That's about four tablespoons. Um, then soy yogurt, about six ounces. The different soy cheese is about four ounces. So those aren't small servings. That's pretty good. And what about like almond milk? Is that higher in protein and phosphorus as opposed to like soy? It's not higher in protein, but it's a little higher in phosphorus. Okay, so it's better because there's rice milk too. There is rice milk. And of course, rice milk, you have to read the label because every manufacturer does it differently. And some of them may want to try to make it equivalent to dairy milk. But rice milk in itself is lower in protein, which is good. Um, actually lower in potassium and lower in phosphorus. If you can find a rice milk that hasn't been fortified up. Uh, well, the word fortified, and I'm trying to understand or process, you've got to really be careful because you can get a lot of extra sodium with those products. It all depends on the company, and it also depends on USDA. For example, 
um, manufacturers are required to put back what they take out to a certain extent. So the manufacturers can't avoid that. For example, um, in a good way, when rice is processed, a lot of the B vitamins are taken out. So the rice is fortified with the B vitamins. Basically, it's put back, and that's a good thing. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we have to put back things that we would prefer not to see in there. So, yeah, you have to be a label reader because every brand is different, and you really don't, and you really have to pay attention to the serving sizes because you'll look at something and say, oh, look at this almond milk. Boy, I can have eight ounces of it, and it's really low in phosphorus. But you're thinking eight ounces, and they're thinking 12 ounces. So you have to remember that serving sizes are not um, standardized. I know. that That's one thing um, I think uh, uh, Michelle Obama's been trying to get, like, a serving size standard because it's very confusing. You see something, and it's like a muffin, and, you know, it says one serving, and it's 120 calories, but that actual muffin has four servings. Exactly. I, I always love that. You, know, you get a little bag of chips, and you think, okay, um, you know, there's five chips in here, and you find out it's three servings. <laughs> I think it's going to be kind of difficult, though. It's very hard to standardize food. It just really is. You know, we have to be so educated, and I've been reading labels because of the fact that when I buy different, I've been learning about protein bars, and, you know, understanding the labels and the first ingredient, they can be soy-based, whey-based, or calcium-based. And can you explain the difference between that? Well, whey is a component of milk. So if you're drinking milk, you're getting whey. But okay. if you're eating whey, you're not getting all the components of milk. Whey is a byproduct of um, the dairy industry. Actually, remember little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey? I do remember that. Okay, well, curds and whey are cottage cheese. Okay. Okay, and you know that when you see cottage cheese, it's got the solid pieces, and then it's got the liquid. Well, the liquid is the whey. Oh, okay. Okay, so you can imagine there's a lot of extra whey around because if you make solid cheese, like, say, cheddar cheese, if you do a lot of things... You're squeezing the whey out, so the, this liquid is available. Now, it's got a certain amount of protein in it. It's got, um, it's got good cooking qualities. So what will happen is I'm a dairy manufacturer. I will, to simplify it, I'll dry uh, fresh milk. So I have milk powder. So I can sell the consumer dry milk, but now I've got all this whey left over. Well, I'll sell that to the snack industry They'll reconstitute it up, and they'll make it into a protein bar. And would you say that whey is good protein, or is it better to get the solid curd? You know, in my, my experience, the way Mother Nature made it is a lot better for you generally um, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Uh, and orange is usually better for you than orange juice in that if you have a glass of orange juice or you have an orange, you're going to get the same amount of vitamin C. But in an orange, you're also getting fluid you're getting uh, fiber, and you're getting it in the, in the proportions that at least nature decided to, to build it with. Um, when you start extracting things, you know, you're never really quite sure, were we, were we meant to get it in this concentration? Will the body be able to, pr to process it as, as well if we give it that way? For example, nobody will drink orange juice concentrate, right? but we think about eating whey, which is basically concentrated milk protein. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for that explanation. Now, I want to go back to, you're, you're the daughter of a food scientist, and, you know, I want, to, I want to know more about what does a food scientist do, and 
you know, what were your daily meals like if your dad was a food scientist? Was there Were there experiments at the dinner table? Oh, yes. I would come home from school and it's, you know, what do you think about this kid? And it would be something blue in a cereal bowl. But, um, you know, or coconut-flavored coffee, which is funny. Nowadays, we don't think about that at all. But back, you know, a couple of years ago, that was interesting. Well, you know, there are people who study the way food impacts the body. That would be nutritionists or dietitians. But there are also people who have, actually have to process the food or produce the food, and those are food scientists or food technologists. If anybody would like to read more, um, going on the IFT, that's the Institute of Food Technologists website, IFT.org, they're the professional organization for food scientists, and they really have a lot of good information like a day in the life of a food scientist. But um, there are many, many universities nationally and internationally that are dedicated just to have huge departments dedicated just to agriculture and food technology, how to grow a better corn, how to make a better energy bar, the packaging of food, uh, the safety of food. That's all food, the food science aspect. And how to make you addicted to Doritos. I'm sure they're in it too, right? <laughs> you know, because it is, it's like, you know, there's a reason you can't eat just one potato chip. Exactly, exactly. I mean, because it, you know, you you eat one Dorito and it just triggers this, oh my goodness, this is the best creamy, salty, savory, sweet thing I've ever had and I need more <laughs> to, to figure out how to manipulate you to, to want to have more. Can you share any websites that maybe people can go learn more information about learning about the different things we spoke about today in regards to a vegetarian diet? Well, um, VRG, that's um vegetarianresourcegroup.org is a vegan site um, and they're sort of the, the originals. So, and they, all of their information is generally vetted and researched. So I would say if someone really doesn't know a great deal about vegetarian and they'd like to get a fairly balanced idea of vegan, then the VRG website is, is a good one to start with. Um, believe it or not, the uh, USDA MyPlate that's myplate.gov, has a lot of very, very interesting um, nutrition information facts, and they do have a decent amount on vegetarian, which, again, I like it because it's Mm science-based. And then there's another one called Old Ways, Old Ways, O-L-D-Y-W-A-Y-S-P-T.org. It's Old Ways Preservation Trust, and they're trying to keep foods healthy throughout the the lifetime of, of the human race. And remember the good old food guide pyramid? Yes, I do. Well, Old Ways came up with a million pyramids. They've got a Mediterranean pyramid, a Native American pyramid, and they also have a vegetarian pyramid. And it's a nice way to compare and contrast. Okay. So I would say Old Ways and VRG and um, then the USDA website would be nice solid sites because there are some others. There are some food manufacturers, vegetarian food manufacturers that have some interesting information. But you want to educate yourself on the basics first. If there's something new, you always have to make sure you check with your dietitian because if you're on a strict potassium phosphorus diet, you need to be careful. Potassium is deadly. <laughs> Absolutely. There isn't anything we talked about today that shouldn't first be run by your healthcare team because everyone's an individual. Your healthcare team has your lab values and your functions and they know what's going on and they might say, yes, I know you're interested in this. 
maybe we can ease into it or maybe we can do it a couple of times a week or yes, this will work for you. But this is absolutely not a one size fits all. No, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. B. Um, it, this was really informative and and I'm going to go try tofu again. I'm going to think about how I, I think I'm going to put some barbecue sauce on it and make a, a sandwich. I'm going to give it one more shot. I think that sounds good. Let it marinate for a little bit. Okay, I'll do that. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.